everyone, welcome back to Men's Way by a Woman podcast, season three. Um, and um, the reason for season three is during, um, well, January, I've actually got hold of certain people that I wanted to interview. And the reason why I wanted to interview them, because I find their work amazing, even though everyone else has been amazing. But certain people I've come across and I couldn't fit them in last year. So I thought, yeah, beginning of the year, let's talk to these people, to these guys and um, amazing piece of work that they do. The craftsmanship is unbelievable. And I'm going to get my next guest, who is from Acre and Row, Dav Sarah. And I'm going to get him on board, who is a tailor and has his own brand at the prestigious place Savile Row. Um, I'm going to get him on board. Dav, are you there? Hi, Samila, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. Thank you for asking, because I'm always asking everyone else first. So it's so sweet to, <laughs> that you've asked me. I'm good, I'm all right. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good, good. How was your how was the break? Did you, did you relax? Yeah, I did, actually. It was nice. It was uh, well needed, so it was, it was good <laughs> to switch off for... For, for a week, but now we're, we're we're back to doing the normal the normal hustling grind. I guess it is, isn't it? Well, yeah, of course. But it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be enjoyable one, isn't it? Twenty twenty two. I'm hoping enjoyable for every single one of us. Freedom. Uh, <laughs> that's absolutely, what, absolutely. That's what I'm going to say. So, how did it all begin, Dav? Um. Well, long story short, it was. It was during sort of the, when the pandemic all started, really. I was supposed okay. to, I, w- I was working at another tailor's. I was supposed to join another brand. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the uh, the pandemic sort of took precedence and, and, and the other brand withdrew their offer. So I was oh. kind of one of these people, like a lot of other people, stuck in, in limbo. Yeah. Um, and it kind of got me thinking. I had sort of had the whole of April where everyone didn't know what the hell was going on yeah sure and I thought this is my time I can either sort of wait and and see if I can go and work for someone else or you know I've been in the industry for for sort of eight seven eight years now and I thought well this is my my chance why don't I put my put put time time as an advantage and get back on the sewing machine and, and and sketch out and draw some patterns and and put something together and then yeah Akron Row sort of began in sort of middle of middle to end of May I started drawing some patterns out okay and uh, and then yeah we started sampling in in July wow so, so it's, it's been yeah, it's been all full steam ahead since since then really and it's, it's congratulations thank you so what why did you uh, wanted to go why did you want to be in Savile Row I know all the tailors are but what was the reason to be in there well, <laughs> for me, it all happened by accident, I would say. Oh, okay. Uh, originally, the brand was going to be purely sort of casual jackets, just casual wear. Right. Um, and, and that's where, that's how I launched the brand was, was more just casual jacketings that, that, that I was putting together myself. Um, but obviously, having been in the, the, the industry a while, there was a lot of clients that would you know, still get in contact with me as to when I'm, you know, if or when when will I be doing suitings? So okay. I sort of added suitings in as as a last last minute addition when when the brand launched last in September 2020. Yeah, um, 
And then my good friends at, at Dugdale, yeah. we sat down and had coffee. I think it was around November, December time. And, and they were kind enough to let me use their showroom as a, as a sort of somewhere there where I could use as a base in, in London. So, right. so yeah, so two days a week, I, I use the Dugdale showroom as my base. And that's where all my clients come to see me. Wow. That's very ingenuous so of them. It just worked out perfectly, really, that Savile Road being the prestigious road that it is. Yeah, and it's changing. Being, pardon? It's changing a lot, though. Absolutely, it's changing, but I think it's changing for the for the better. It's really, yeah. yeah. you know, and then you've got a coffee shop there, I know. which wasn't there before the pandemic. No. You know, and it's getting a lot more people to the road that, that might not have necessarily sort of approached that road at all. So it's been really nice seeing different types of faces and, and, and different types of people and walking down that road. And also different types of brands there now, actually. Um, yeah. So it's opened up. It's not just um, it's not just tailors anymore. You know, it used no. to be a long time ago, it used to be just like Savile Row was just known as for tailoring. But now you've got all other different types of brand that has injections of tailoring. Absolutely. I mean, you've got... Sort of Drake's was sort of a really cool yeah. pivotal brand to come in yeah. and, and sort of change the the, the perspective of the yeah. row. And you know, more recently, you've got someone like uh, Rav from Cloth Surgeon, yeah, going to be opening this year. And that's again, that's just such a huge moment for the row because it just shows as long as the craftsmanship's there, it doesn't, yeah. you know, it's not necessarily always about it just being suiting. So yeah, it's exactly, it's, you know, I, I think it's having a real positive impact. Was it hard starting? Did you have any self-doubt about starting up your own brand? Oh, absolutely. From the, from the beginning, I thought this is going <laughs> to fall flat on its face in month one. It's, it, was not, it was not something, I guess, I guess anyone who starts their own brand, it's, it's, there's always going to be doubt. You know, yeah. you're, you're forever sort of wondering, is anyone going to even buy into this or sort of understand what I'm trying to do? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I guess I've just had to sort of stick with it. I doubt myself now and then still, but, you know, it's only when I look back and I can see actually it's moving in the right direction and, and to stick at it and take my time with it, then it, it will happen. You've only got to listen to other people, um, see how they grow their business. And, yeah, everyone sort of starts at the same sort of, sort of point, don't they, where they, they doubt themselves and it takes time. Yeah, it does. And it's and it's also, I think, experience. Yeah, experience. And I think for me, I've, I've realised just being, I mean, a passionate, I guess, is yeah. it's a bit of a cliche adjective, but it's, it's true as long as, as, long as you have passionate it. Yeah. behind the product that you're, and the dialogue that you're trying to put out there, yeah. um, then, then, then it will work. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's one of the main the main things and also just being very you know transparent and honest with all my customers and I, I think that makes it a lot a lot easier with your ready to wear um collection yep how do you go about in actually um, designing it do you actually I, I presume you do uh, sit down and start designing it and then produce it but what's the um, ideas behind it? Yeah, so that was how the brand started, really, was on the okay. ready-to-wear. Right. Um, 
at the moment we're, we're we're just you know obviously because of covid it's been quite difficult the small yeah. workshop that we use here up near Milton Keynes has been it's been difficult for them um right. so there's you know for them it's been a bit of a struggle but in terms of the first sort of collection that I put together I say collection the first product which was the utility jacket that just stemmed from something I guess you see a lot now the safari jackets had this huge revival but you know just before the pandemic I I was forever sort of trying to find this sort of jacket which was not necessarily a safari jacket and not necessarily a jungle jacket which are both quite you know unstructured garments but something that almost sat in the middle of of a sort of an outerwear jacket but still very informal right yeah that you still wear with tailoring um and so yeah and 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 so I guess I, I drew inspiration from a few different sort of silhouettes that I'd already seen and I took what I liked from it and I added bits that I thought would would work really well um and I probably sampled about three different types before I was happy with the fabric, the, the lining, the silhouette, you know, the way the sleeve sat. I think that was probably the, the biggest challenge was just making sure the silhouette was exactly how I envisaged it when I designed it. Um, and yeah, it, it actually received really good reception, which I was, was quite taken back by. Um, to get the silhouette, how do you go about getting the silhouette? A lot of drafting, <laughs> a lot of sampling. So adjusting the pattern again and again. Oh, you used to drive me up the wall doing that. <laughs> yeah, so you know, and not I used even to that. Like, actually, it was, used to be it like, was also, go on. Sorry, it was sampling the pattern, but sampling because I was at the same time I would grade it. So you know, just to make sure, how would it look on someone who would, you know, fit in a large, and how would it fit on someone who's a small? Yeah, you know, I wanted. Make sure that the balance was still it was it was still fairly good for for each size that 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 we would sell um so little things like the actual length of the jacket yeah you know traditionally a jungle jacket and a safari jacket you know jungle jacket for sure is, is slightly shorter on the body yeah um but I actually made this slightly longer I made it sort of sit more like an actual tailored jacket would sit um so, and, and, and adding the drawstring in the waist just to get the balance right so then it, it would really nip in at the waistline for someone who took a medium or someone who took a large and so I kept everything quite traditional in that aspect right yep um, but yeah there was a lot of dra- redrafting the pattern again and again and again which yeah I, I definitely had moments where I was like is there any point even doing this why am I doing this <laughs> But then when it when you get that final sample right and you're happy oh, with it, it's, it means a know, lot. Just, yeah, then it then it work, then it makes it worth it. worthwhile. Yeah. We were I was quite lucky. Lockdown gave me a lot of time, so you know having two two three months of just, just sitting at the sewing machine and changing things as and when you know it was quite it was quite quick and and painless really. When you hear other people who you know take months to to sample something, so yeah. I mean, I always. Um... I always um, find it, even still now, the sleeve. Um, doing a pattern of a armhole or the sleeve, I even even yeah. sewing the sleeve right where you know where the notches have to ma- match up, and then you yeah. hold it. And then to me, right, um, I always used to think that no, the sleeve's not hanging right. And even though the notches are matching, 
Yeah. It's still not hanging right. So you have to go in there. And I would always unpick it and I will turn it around so it kind of sits the way I want it to sit. And then I realized yeah. that all the notches that I put in there, they're useless because they are nothing compared to what it looks like to how I've done it now. So it's, um, yeah, it, it, I used to find it, it used to be like banging my head against a big wall with the sleeves. So I don't yeah. know. It, it always <laughs> much, like, it, I've, know, got to, I've got to come around. You've got to teach me how you do this. <laughs> you know, you've got I was quite lucky. I, I had quite a few of my draft patterns from from, from years ago, and right. using them as as the as the sort of the blocks was it, it oh. made it a lot easier. I was just very my trouble with my sleeves. I was just I wanted to still keep a lot of fullness at, oh, at, at the, the top. top. Yeah, yeah, um, and still have it sort of tapered through yeah. down to the cuff. But because mm. that's what I would always find is the annoying thing with every other jacket I got. <laughs> so. So yeah, that that was the bit that I was sort of constantly oh, I tweaking. I just can't tell you the amount of times banging my head on the brick wall and thinking, why does this not add? Why does this not fit? Why does this not work? <laughs> you know. But um, I like the steps that you, the process steps that you've shown on your website on the ready to wear. So yeah. you go design, pattern drafting, trial, redraft pattern. That's fantastic. Sampling, more sampling. <laughs> I like that, more sampling. Yeah. Final sampling, grading production so it's a very clever way of doing that because you're actually showing the transparency of how you get to the end product yeah because i i, I think what happens a lot in our industry is you know people see a ready-to-wear garment and they yeah. think you know that's it it's made they don't kind of there's a, there's a lot of work that actually goes into it behind the scenes and and sometimes I think a lot of people question price and they're like, well, why am I paying this much when I can get it from, you know, Top Man or River Rider or Top Man no longer, but, yeah, yeah. you know, Reese or River Island or, you know, ASOS. And I, I really wanted to stress what goes into it yeah. um, from a sort of a small business perspective, especially doing it myself. Mm -hmm. And and I thought it was really important that people could read that and kind of be like, oh, right, okay, I didn't realise there was that much that, that went in, was making one garment right um so that was quite important for me to to put that on there and showcase that how long does it take to get to the end product um so for the ready to wear we actually decided to change the way that we uh put it out there now so we you know to avoid sort of i guess from a business perspective sitting on stock but more so from the perspective is i didn't want to sort of you know, buy this huge amount of, of stock. And if some doesn't sell, I didn't want to, you know, start putting it on sale or et cetera, et cetera. I wanted it to be quite a a personal thing. Right. So we right. actually, for the, the latest drop that we did um, earlier this, uh, well, earlier this year, last year in the summer, which was the oatmeal linen and the chocolate brown worsted wool. Right. We changed those to made to order. So, Essentially, you would pick your size and place the order and then we would get it made up with our workshop. And that would generally take around around two to three weeks. Okay. But it's it's just so nice knowing that when you place that order, it's made for you. You know, those guys at the, at the workshop yeah. here locally in Milton Keynes putting it together, it's that order's for you specifically. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, and they've been really kind enough to – to allow us to, to do that sort of production um, 
and it just keeps it in small quantities exactly how we want to do it um, and it keeps it personal so um who in your mind is um is your inspirational um in, who are you inspired by good question i'm uh, i mean again this sounds quite cliche but i'm inspired by sort of a lot of things um okay. and generally i would just say in design and that's all the way from architecture yeah. music film you know there's an array of things that 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 inspire me but i think generally the the inspiration for how the brand has sort of developed yeah. is definitely um sort of looking back at the 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 1970s and 80s yeah and just because of the color palette you know it was very yeah. although you know the color palette that i i lean towards is more sort of very neutral earthy tones yes 70s and 80s very i know they were quite loud patterns but the the color palette was very sort of beige browns you know very stone like very yeah. earthy tones yeah. and I, i really loved that and i thought you know this is something that i feel comfortable wearing the one thing i didn't want to do with when i started this brand was to put stuff together that i wouldn't personally wear myself right so everything that i've i've sort of lean towards is would i wear that and so the inspiration i uh, honestly i draw it from from everything and anything right. but in terms of like people do you mean like people as well yeah i mean uh, i mean who me? yeah i mean do you i mean have you did you always wanted to be a tailor though did you always wanted to have your own brand and, and become a tailor no so no so basically when I'd say I was about 24, 23, yeah. 24, I was a bit lost, didn't know what I wanted to do. I was working at a, a big sort of FMCG company and, and, and I was like, this isn't what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and he'll probably, he knows this as well, actually, I did tell him, but I remember sort of seeing a RAV cloth surgeon in um, a short video with this is when he was at a brand, I think called House of Billiam. Yeah. And I just saw his name and I was like, what there's you know there's a south asian guy yeah. same ethnic background yeah. doing fashion and making stuff that's really cool yeah and i was like you know that, that that sort of this world was was never an option for me growing up you know even right. in my early 20s it was never something that i thought i could even entertain right. and then <laughs> seeing him i was like okay maybe maybe i can because i've always had a love for clothing yeah you know ever since i was younger and i've always been the type of person that's interested in how things are done yeah so so yes yeah, so i enrolled on a pattern cutting course worked as a sort of a say a, a design assistant for free as an intern so i made a big jump but i would definitely say the inspiration to do that was when i first saw you know on hype beast that video of of rav and i yeah. thought wow okay that's pretty cool and then you know automatically you start noticing other people within the industry and and yeah and then it sort of just snowballed from there really wow so what's the best what's the what's the good thing about it what tailoring yeah and um you know in in doing what you're doing what's the what's the best thing about it Um the best thing about it is again this sounds really really cliche 
but genuinely like it's honestly it's it's quite I had a, I had a client very recently who's never had a tailored suit right you know he's married made him a tailored suit and it's just the joy that I can imagine putting that you know putting every single bit together like advising on the cloth you know they come in with one idea and, and the suit that ends up being the thing that that they wear is completely different but there's you know there's so much joy in that because they see themselves differently you know you see themselves you see that person stand a little bit a little bit more straight a little bit more proud yeah um and i've had clients where you know even from starting gay crin row in 2020 so yeah. you know just over a year there's some that have evolved, like completely changed the way they dress and i just think that's so cool and that brings me I think that is the most satisfying thing is when you see someone who becomes way more confident about the way that they put together their wardrobe. Right, yeah. And start to sort of throw ideas at me where I'm like, wow, I didn't even have to try and try and sort of push this person out of their comfort zone anymore. They're they're there. <laughs> they know what suits them and and they've listened and they've they've taken on board and they're drawing inspiration of, of their own now. And I think that's probably the most satisfying thing is, is when, when I see that from, from clients and get that feedback as well. Um, uh, this is a bit of a sensitive um, subject and I'm hoping you wouldn't mind me talking about it. Um, yeah. I, I'm, you know, I'm Indian and Asian and you're Asian as well. And um, my background trying to get into menswear was pretty tough um and I just wanted to know yourself did you have any toughness like that or did you have any you know anything that made you think well hold on well, what are you talking about <laughs> you know um about your culture or anything yeah I mean for me it was a little bit different because I didn't actually start my career straight into tailoring I started yeah. more in streetwear mm-hmm. um which is, I, th- I think, is quite obvious that streetwear generally is a little bit more um, sort of open-minded, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think everything's open In terms of you saw a lot more representation, um, way more than you would have ever seen in, in tailoring sort of eight, nine years ago. Um, but in terms of the struggle, it's difficult because I'd say my first, my first encounter with sort of getting irate was, was not actually with encountering racism it was more just pattern cutters tended to be sort of behind the scenes wouldn't really get much recognition you know you'd be there sampling and making patterns for brands and never really got anything from it you're never in the not that I wanted the limelight but you you never sort of got the shout out that I think most of these people deserve that are behind the scenes putting these garments together yeah yeah. um but moving into tailoring yeah I mean there was there was a few moments, definitely. Right. Um, but I think generally it was more more of a feeling. It's the way that you felt where you were slightly out of place or, yeah. you know, wait, I'm the yeah. only, you know, sort of brown person in this whole room right now. <laughs> and it never really got to me that much, if I'm no. perfectly honest. I'm just the type of person that, you know, I just keep my head down, keep working, and, and, and I never let that be the... The, the reason for, for for anything that happens to me but yeah there was occasions there were occasions sorry where it was quite obvious that it was because I'm I'm Indian but yeah 
you know, I think things are changing quite quickly now. That that instance, what an example I'm talking about was only two years ago that mm-hmm. I encountered it. Before I started, just before I started Acorn Row, and I think within the last few years, things have changed so much where you know you're, you're seeing more people that look like us yeah, within in the, the industry. industry. Yeah, I know. And, and and it's and it's really nice to see, but. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And over the last seven, eight years of being here, I've, I've definitely felt it and encountered yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it's really strange how, you know, I mean, you're saying just two years ago and um, and I just like a few months back, I've I felt it again. And um, and, um, you know, I've been in the industry for such for quite a long time. And um, what I'm seeing now is quite nice, actually. It's like, um, you know. There's um, there's kind of nice community where, you know, Bain community, like you could be, you know, um, there's quite diversity at the moment. And um, it's yeah. nice to see that because um, when I came out of university, I hardly saw it and it was quite difficult. It was quite a challenge, but um, it's nice to hear that, you know, it's, 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 you feel like, wow, it's about time it's changing which is great, right? Because if it doesn't, Absolutely. Change, if it doesn't, Absolutely. if it doesn't, then we'll, we'll still be stuck. And, um, you know, it, we'll still be stuck at it. And it would be like, oh, it's going to be another generation to change it. So it is nice to see that. What would you say to anyone who would want to start up tailoring of their own brand? I would definitely say don't start your own brand straight off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely don't do that. Experience and and, and working alongside yeah, people and, yeah. and getting that under your belt, I think is, is paramount. Do Even you think, now, you know, when I started Acorn Row, it yeah. wasn't, I, I wouldn't say it was a decision I made sort of, I, you know, it wasn't never my intention to start my own brand. Right. Um, I think the pandemic forced a lot of people in, and got a lot of people thinking about, you know, what they're capable of. Right. that they might not have thought about before. Um, but start, But people, my advice to anyone trying to get into the industry is just to, just to really sort of go for it, give it, give it everything and, and, and be persistent and, and consistent at it. Don't stop just because it gets a little bit hard or you're yeah, not definitely. reaping rewards straight away. Yeah. You know, it takes a long, long time to, and- to really master the craft. And it depends on what area. I think... The industry now is, is 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 very diluted with a lot of you know brands that you know I'm not I'm not sort of calling anyone out but there's there's brands that sort of shout and use the word bespoke for example and, yeah. and claim yeah. you know they're a tailor X, X Y Z Dead. but you know that that craft in itself you it's really totally need different. to go to one of the the old houses to really learn yeah. or even some of the new tech but to really understand like are these guys cutting themselves. And am I learning anything from here or yeah. are they just sort of using the word bespoke to kind of get people in the door? Um, so I think that's the first thing is, is if you're going to come into the, in, this industry, I think learning any form of pattern cutting to understand sort of the anatomy of a suit or a garment is, is so essential Yes. when you're having that dialogue with any customer or any, any other person in the industry, because that's essentially what we're here for is, is the passion yeah. behind the clothing and understanding textiles, understanding, yeah. 
you know, the the, the garment construction, all those things. You're right. Have, have helped me a lot, I would say, a lot. Yeah. How did you get the name, though, Aiko and Rowe? Where's the, what's the um, history about the name? Come on, I need to know. Yeah, the name, the name's an interesting one. Yeah, I, very. Uh, there was a lot of a lot of long walks during lockdown with my wife where this name. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was it was quite funny to begin with. It was going to be called something completely different. What was it going to be um, called? Go on, tell me. <laughs> tell it was going to be called just. It was going to be called just and row before. Okay. Um, I prefer so Aiko and row. Just 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 and row. Um, and the reason behind that is throughout my my career, I've been heavily influenced by the suitings and the tailorings from Savile Row. Okay. So, oh, okay. <laughs> now I so get it. it. Was, it was sort of a nod to the road. Oh, um, right. And then the day that I was sort of registering the name, I realised I didn't want to sort of mislead people in thinking that I'm on Savile Row or I am, you know, a heritage brand from Savile Row. Right, okay. And so I decided to put acre with it acre something i'd been toy- toying with for for a number of years okay um just as sort of an idea messing around sort of in the background like oh yeah you know if, if i was <laughs> ever have a brand that have it something called acre right and acre just means a, a, a big piece of land really yeah um acre and row I, without getting too deep into it but acre the, the meaning behind that is you know we do use suppliers all across the world and ah, I've wanted okay. to really keep that as, as as sort of part of the brand where, you know, we're not just in one place. Right. You know, everything we do is inspired by things all over the world and we use suppliers all over the world. Um, and the and row is, is the core of what we do, which is suitings. And a lot of the suitings that, that we put together is, I would say, is very influenced by British cloth. So right. sort of. Again, going back to the 70s, 80s, a very sturdy, slightly rugged, but very stable cloth. Yeah. But the the structure of the tailoring is very much an Italian style, you know, very soft, very yeah. relaxed. And it's sort of, I've always been influenced by both. And I thought, well, you know, this is the perfect opportunity to, and I've always dressed that way. So I thought the perfect opportunity for me now, now I've got my brand is to, put the two together so when it came to the name it kind of just made sense acre and row and I thought yeah just run with it you know I doubted myself even when I registered it would people even get the <laughs> name or would they like it but it's a good name it's been there I'm actually really I've had really positive feedback yeah no it. it's a very clever idea but it's a very good name very good name thank you you know thank because you. I've, I've, that's the first thing you know yesterday i'm thinking to myself i must not forget to ask him how he got the name how he how he went through the getting the brand's name because it's such an interesting um name you know yeah it's it, it, it's 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 different and, and i'm not gonna lie to you Samila. it was something where <laughs> i guess i almost i almost pushed that that sort of ethnic and and the sort of elements of racism upon myself and making yeah. sure I don't have my name anywhere near the brand name because I thought oh you know it might put people, people off, off who, who, who oh, they might, buy uh, or they might and, say and or they might turn around yeah. by doing suits yeah or they might turn around and say it's made in India yeah yeah and so and there's nothing <laughs> completely nothing wrong, wrong with that, that. I know but you know that but, whole um that whole um stereotype 
that people start thinking. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it is slightly sort of, well, it is, it's, it's, it's racism, it's xenophobic, bit, whatever right, you want to call yeah. it. It's, yeah, exactly, you know. A lot of these people that have a bit of a, um, have a bit of a sort of, get a bit uptight about where things are made generally are the same people that don't actually look at the label from where half they're ready to wear stuff's made from. Exactly. It's quite, it's, exactly. And I understand it. Look, we're in an industry that has for years had a lot of sort of smoking mirrors and, you know, the, the transparency has not really been there. But I think now we're at a time where if we are open and honest, people will still buy it because they know what they get. That's all people want to know is what is the supply chain? Where are things coming from and as I think as long as people are informed it's fine it's you know there's a reason why certain things cost what they do and as long as the supply chain is is ethical and there's fair pay etc etc then you know I don't see any problem with it who would you say is your style icon oh (laughs) very good question thank you um there's a few, but I mean, you know, people like in terms of actually like dressing well and having an appreciation for for style. Yeah, I would definitely would say? say my dad. Okay. Um, I grew up with, and I still, you know, see him now do it every night, what, polishing his shoes. Oh my god, my dad used to do that. My dad yeah. always going out before he went out. My dad would always polish his shoes. Always. So, I've 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 sort of been brought up with you know, this man who takes a lot of pride in, in what he wears. My dad um, used to, um, whenever my dad used to see my trainers dirty or anything, he could not ever understand why I would go out with these dirty yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny, even with, with <laughs> shoes, I remember I once oh. bought a pair of shoes from like River Island, I think it was, yeah. my dad was like, look, if you're going to spend money, make sure you spend a lot of money on your shoes, it's what you walk in and you spend all day sort of wearing. Yeah, I mean, I, so, think, it's, um, I think it's something that they actually were... I know my dad would always look at my trainers thinking, why are you wearing this dirty trainers? Why don't you clean it? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think obviously that generation as well as, I, 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 well, I say that generation, my I dad know. still loved buying clothes left, right and centre. But I think for, <laughs> for me, it was just, I grew up with him having sort of like four pairs of jeans or trousers and then just like a pile of white t-shirts gray t-shirts and black t-shirts and that was it and I always used to think why doesn't he add more and then as I got older I realized well this guy knows exactly what what suits him and and that's his style like that's what he's known for wearing he doesn't need to overthink it he knows what looks good on him and he wears it with with a lot of confidence um so he's definitely up there's inspiration and then in terms of like tailoring I know no one would probably ever think this but I've just always, always, no matter what this man's sort of thinking and what people think of him, but in terms of just solely just talking about his dress sense, Prince Charles for me has always been someone that just, I've always just looked at that guy and thought he just looked impeccable every single time. Yeah. And yeah, I'd say for tailoring, although I probably don't dress anything like him. No, I think he's an inspiration in just having an appreciation for wearing suits, but also not wearing, you know, you, there's been a lot of stories about Prince Charles and it's really refreshing in how he gets his suits repaired um, and, and still wears them. You know, he's an advocate for that whole sustainability thing. Yeah. And I think that's really cool as well, is knowing that, you know, if you buy 
a good concise wardrobe it will last you for years and and if you know what suits you and and you dress sort of accordingly and not based on trend but just based on what looks good on you and what you're confident wearing it will last for years and always look good for years so so yeah someone like prince charles definitely i'd say for for style inspiration um favorite brand menswear brand oh i've got two oh have you which funnily, and funnily enough both of these well i've got a few but these two in particular i'd say over the last sort of five five years four years five years have been my favorite brands and now they they collab quite regularly and that's drakes and okay. emily ondor yeah um, emily ondor is especially it's a sort of more of a streetwear brand but i just love the way the garments are curated the way yeah. the photography's done the branding in general the, the garments the silhouettes like everything about how teddy put that brand out there is just it's, it's so so good it makes makes you just want to buy everything that that they put out and i think that's really cool when when a brand can do that um and drake's obviously for just for for how they've changed the way i think a lot of guys dress yeah. sartorially you know yeah. it doesn't need to be completely informal and it doesn't need to be completely sort of mm. refined it's almost that sort of ivy league very sort of happy medium yeah um a bit colorful and a bit joyful yeah. so i do i and it's quite nice to see the colours in um, in Drake's actually because I think they're one person. I mean, Paul Smith is the other person who who puts a lot of colour in. Um, but in Savile Row, Drake's, you know how they've got colour mixed mixing and all that stuff in fabrics and all that. It's quite nice actually. It's different. Yes, it's. I mean, to this day, still all of my ties are only from Drake's. <laughs> I just, it's just really. I just love love their approach and 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 how they've sort of really sort of tapped into to tailoring and making it a little bit more fun than yeah. what most people would perceive tailoring to be like on um 2022 for AKM Row what's the plan what's what's your next projects and what what are you going to be doing are you allowed to tell us yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, 2022, we're still very small. We're still at our very early stages as a as a brand. Right. Um, so this will be, September this year will be will be two years for us. Wow. Um, so, yeah, so, so we're still very young. So for us, it's yeah. still just trying to grow and, and, and slowly build the, the brand in general and, and, and get it out there a little bit more. Right. Um, we are looking to hopefully collaborate with a few people this year, nice. which I can't mention yet, but we're hoping to collaborate with a few people this year and um, also add a few more pieces to our ready-to-wear collection. So there are a few things happening for us this year, which I'm really, really excited about. Um, but for now, yeah, you'll just see slowly just the brand just trying to get out there we know we just dropped our autumn winter collection in december um sort of a lookbook inspiration as to what what the palette is like for for these coming months yeah and so we're just starting to put together our spring summer one now at the moment nice. so yeah you'll be seeing that hopefully very soon in in april may time can you give us can you give me a little bit of a hint what kind of colors and what kind of shapes or oh, no not yet yeah, I mean, they'll be the 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 colours. I think are going to be very synonymous. Just 
are very classic sort of neutral earthy tones right we'll probably I, 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 you know, we'll probably be taking a bit more of of inspiration from the navy side of things as well. Great, my favorite navy colour is navy. In, yeah, I think it's the you know it's important. A lot of people look at navy and they think it's you know either too safe or quite boring. But no. now that we've got a few sort of strong um, garments within our sort of lookbook, yeah. I do want to start pushing navy a bit more into it and have it sort of split half navy half neutral earthy tones as as the sort of the um the overall look for acre and row moving forward um and i think the color palette will always remain very sort of neutral and earthy so in terms of what you'll see is just the difference and exploring cloth a little bit more right so that will be a big thing for this year is just the different types of cloth we want to work with and all the cloths um, are actually from uk aren't they are they Based in UK. They're a mixture. They're, they're a mixture. So right, we only okay. use um, cloth from either British mills or Italian mills. Right. Okay. Um, but we're very much about talking about the cloth as sort of the centerpiece of, of the garment. So you know, knowing exactly how long to make a, a, a garment last longer, the cloth is probably the most important thing that is is, is responsible for it. So yeah, we use. A lot of British mills, just because, like I said, men- mentioned earlier, British cloths tend to be a little bit more sturdy, a little bit more stable right. in their form. Yeah. Um, and then for that more luxurious, sort of softer approach, we use a lot of the Italian mills. Um, so like right now, Moringa Laura Piana Blazer, for example. Um, we use Vit- Vitali Barberas, Drago. Um, so there's a few Ariston, there's a few Italian cloth merchants that we 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 really like using a lot, yeah. and then the British ones as well. You know, Dugdale, for example, Huddersfield. And those are the ones that we we really like working with in terms of just a very solid, strong garment that will that will last. And when you're not tailoring and when you're not doing eight and row, what do you like doing? I. I got into golf actually, like probably a lot of people did during <laughs> down. That ended up being the sport that everyone decided to, to take on. Right. Um, so I do try and play golf wherever I can. Right. Uh, other than that, Akron Rose pretty much consumed every single part of my life actually. I can since, imagine. Since it began. I can so, imagine. So that is so it. it. Nothing else in life, um, you know, Akron no. Rose. <laughs> Exactly. It's either. Eight but it's like um, I, I presume when you have a brand, it's like having a child, I suppose. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. It is. It is, and it's funny because everything that I do is I'm, I'm always thinking about. Oh, what could I do with this? So even yeah. when we go, me and my wife we go to a nice restaurant, for example, and you're thinking like about a like, Yeah, because <laughs> you look around and you do take inspiration. Yeah, from, of course. Book of course. That you see there or you know the decor that they've used and it sort of gets the cogs going like okay well how can how can I, I i draw inspiration from this and put this into the brand and not necessarily making a garment but you know what can we use for a, a future photo shoot or yeah. how we're going to design the studio how do we want it to look and feel when people come in yeah. and that's i think a lot of that inspiration has come from places where i go to eat right. because when you go to a restaurant generally that's the first thing you feel is does this feel? Does this place make me feel comfortable, relaxed? Is this yeah. somewhere that that I've, I I want to eat in? And that's the same sort of 
thing that I try and do. I want to make people feel very relaxed when they come in here and not feel intimidated by, 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 by the tailoring side of it at all. Absolutely. I mean, when you say, um, you know, the inspiration, I mean, when I'm actually on the tubes or on the trains or anything or on the buses, I normally just draw my Samsung phone because I get inspired by whatever I see sometimes. And, um, yeah. and inspiration is everywhere, isn't it? You, can be in, you have to be inspired by anything around you. If you're not, then you've got a bit of a problem as a creative person, I think. <laughs> you know? No, you absolutely. Know? If you're not inspired, you know. It comes from everything, even films. You yeah, like, exactly. Like watch film and, and just see something and be like, oh, that would be pretty cool to have. Talking this. about films, what's your favourite films? That you've actually uh, been inspired from their suits or from their clothing. What would it be? The clothing, I mean, a lot of the gangster sort of films yes. will always have sort Absolutely. of be up there, like, you know, Godfather Father, Part Exactly, two. Godfather has to be, you know. Part two when, with sort of Robert De Niro, that was that yeah. was really cool to, to watch just to draw inspiration for the suits. But do you know what, to be honest, more recently, I would say even films like The Gentleman. Okay, yeah. Is a really cool film for for sort of just menswear outfits, right? You know the people that you know. Or what do you think of the the suits in X Y Z? That film, I would say, for me is is a really good film. It's a Guy Ritchie film, so if you haven't seen it, definitely definitely give it a Which watch. One is it? Matthew McConaughey, his his suits in that look look really cool. Which one is it? Sorry, which one? It's called The Gentleman. The Gentleman. Okay, I'll have a look. I haven't. I. I have. I think it's. Um. I think someone else was telling me about it, and I. And I'm thinking. I have to have a. What well, I have to look at it. Look at it. But I've just totally forgotten. I will do that. I will actually sit down and watch it, and I will send you a message and say yes. I totally understand what you're saying there. <laughs> yeah, definitely give it a watch. I think Guy Ritchie does a lot of. Um, a lot of films where you know the the, the costume side of it is, is a big part, and generally most of his films people are always wearing pretty good suits yeah i have i must watch it then um on that note um dav i would like to thank you for coming on board on menswear by a woman it's been an absolute pleasure having you on board and having a chat about your brand and yourself and yeah and keep in touch because i will be um sending you messages to maybe come up back to do another episode if you want for sure um, no, for sure, for sure. You, you know thank you thank you for having me and thank you for your time thank you dav thank you so much cheers take care